Hello, friends, and welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast. It's me, the Double G, the Golden Greek, and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous wife, the lovely Monique. Monique, how are you? Hello, I'm lovely. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Yay! As always. Woo! Tired, but... Fantastic. Got a lot going on. Yes, we do. So we may as well. I think we, we briefly mentioned this a couple episodes week, yeah. back. We uh, have some big things happening coming up here in the in the very near future. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be kind of crazy around the homewrecker household mm-hmm. because we are actually changing the household. Is that even accurate? Is no. that Does that make sense? We're changing, we're the, changing house. the house. Not the household, but we're changing the house. Yes, we are moving. We are moving. We are moving so, from the city to the mountains. So it's, it's going to be pretty crazy. It's been pretty crazy, and it's going to get crazier. So yeah. Everything's happening super fast. Yeah, much quicker than I thought it would. Much sooner than I thought it would. It kind of creeped up on me, and uh, it's it's happening very very fast so but but it's it's all going to be for the best so uh as for the future of this show it's all done this is it it is is the last no i'm just kidding i'm kidding we're gonna keep recording we're gonna keep putting out episodes the schedule may get a little wonky over the next Mm -hmm. few months as we transition as we get set up and get things built and it's going to be chaotic for us, mm-hmm. so it's going to be very, very difficult to pinpoint down and have a, uh, what, what have we been doing this now, over three years, mm-hmm. consistently every week, never missed a week, always had an episode out. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to keep that going, but the streak may end as far as weekly episodes yeah. goes. There are just some weeks that might be so crazy we might not have a chance to record. We're, we're so. going to do our best. We're going to do our best. We just wanted to put it out there now mm-hmm. that it may not happen. We're gonna do our best to keep it going, keep the streak alive. Yeah. But if uh, if a couple of uh, if a week goes by and you don't get an episode, well, there will be one the following week. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try never, not to go more than we'll never every we'll never we'll never miss. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're gonna keep it going, obviously. Yeah. But just with all the moving and changing and figuring out um, how stuff's gonna, gonna get work. chaotic. That's all yeah. you need to know. Anybody that's ever moved or or bought a house or built a house or anything like that knows it gets a little crazy mm-hmm. and much crazier when you have small children involved. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be wonky. Uh, but in between all the packing and and going through things and tossing things and everything else, we managed to find some time to sit down and get this episode recorded here mm-hmm. uh, to be put out 
And yeah, we're going to be talking this week. Actually, before we, we get into it, how are you? Did I ask you that? Did we just jump into this? I'm lovely. We just jumped into it. I do want to say, because I think this is the last week this episode will air, will be the last time I can get it out, that I do have an upcoming group hypnotherapy session for inner child. We are going to connect with our inner child, maybe do some healing if that needs to be done, and then have time to play. And inner child work is super important. I always say everyone should at least do it at least once if you can. So jump on this opportunity if you're interested to do a group hypnotherapy session. It's via Zoom on Tuesday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And essentially from the comfort of your home, you get to relax. You get gently inducted into hypnosis or induced into hypnosis and Then you get to meet your inner child and talk to them and do things with them and play with them and hopefully heal a lot and feel good. And then you come up and yeah, it's a wonderful experience. So tickets are $25 through Eventbrite. I'll have the link in the show notes. I try to make it really affordable because when I offer this, I really want everyone to have the opportunity to do it. So Check it out if you're interested, please, on May 10th. And space is limited. So get your tickets now. There you go. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? Anything going on with you? Just packing. Lots yes. of packing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. When you live in a house for almost a decade, you get a lot of shit. Yeah, I have to say, though, most of our stuff is stuff that we, we use. use, thankfully. It's not just a bunch of useless Mm-mm. knickknacks and things. No, it's we're, stuff we're pretty, we actually use. We're pretty good about getting rid of stuff that we don't use anymore, mm-hmm. but we still have just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, just going through and getting all that packaged and packed away and packed up and what have you. And, yeah, that's about it. It's just, uh, yeah. It's exciting. It, it, it's, uh, yeah. A little bit. I'm trying to allow my excitement to take over so I don't get as stressed. You're a better person than I. Yeah. I think shit's going to happen I can't do anything about. Don't be excited. Embrace the chaos. Rock and roll. There mm-hmm. you have it. So. But the episode, what we want to talk about today is homesteading. And the reason why we want to talk about it is because it's something that Alex and I have been talking about for years about trying to do and homesteading essentially is having your own land and doing something with it being farming have growing your own food having livestock doing something along those those ends you're essentially living off the land you're living off the land and a lot of people who do it live off grid as well and that'd so be, that'd be ultimate. That's the, our that's ultimate goal. Ultimate goal for sure. Yes. I don't know how close we'd be <laughs> to achieving that, but uh, it's, I, I mean, it's something that obviously people do it. Mm-hmm. It can be done. It's, it's one of those things that I think kind of have to ease into, uh, uh, especially with, with the, with small, ch- I mean, I'd be fine, but I mean, with small children, I think it's kind of mm-hmm. when they're used to all the electricity and all the gadgets and TV and all that kind of stuff. To, well, to you can have electricity. Kinda... You just have to have an alternate power source. 
Yeah. I, 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 anyway, when I'm saying off grid, I'm saying get rid of TV, oh. get rid of all all that stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because you're going to be too busy taking care of the property to right. do anything but that, else. But that's but that's just it. It's it's a lot of work mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people hear. Oh, homestead, living off grid, blah blah blah, and they think, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Sure, but I think a lot of people don't realize just how much work is involved yeah. in it, and it is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So. And that, that's the thing. Yeah, we, we've been talking about it for a really long time. We're kind of <laughs> finally taking steps to make it uh, to, to make it reality. And it, it's going to be a, a very gradual process, obviously. It's not something that happens right away. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we're starting by getting something built, mm-hmm. which will be nice. And then after that, we'll move on to perhaps getting some livestock I want a greenhouse. I have a garden growing, there already. But growing um, yep, some I food. I want to make my greenhouse, yeah. And, yeah. One of the things that I think is really important for anyone interested in homesteading. And this is coming from people who have not done it yet. So this is what we've learned. Bear in mind anything that my wife is going to tell you. This is what I've learned. <laughs> I'm sharing what Keep I've learned. Keep that in mind. Figure out what you want from it. Because for us... What do we want from it? Our goals, our goals are to have grow our own food, eventually get livestock and have, you know, chickens or turkeys, eggs and meat with like some goats and try to figure out, you know, figure out what you actually want from it. So when you go to get your land, you know how it will work for you, like what you need from it. And yeah, I mean, a couple other things I've learned. Make sure when you get your land, it's not in a flood zone. It's not in a fire zone. So if there's a lot of forest fires, you have cleared out space that your house won't catch on fire. Your livestock barns won't catch on fire. Um, that's yeah, pretty important. Smart. And make sure you have a water source because there are people who homestead who got property that they don't have a water source, so there's no well, there's no spring, there's nowhere to get water, and they have to drive hours to get water. So that's something, something to keep in mind. Yeah, to keep sure. in mind. That's really important. You mentioned livestock. Mm-hmm. Make sure that wherever, if if somebody was to look into doing something like getting livestock, make sure you know your the local laws. Yes, in, in your town. So because there's some crazy local town laws that. You may be violating mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with them. And there's local and state laws that you have to be aware of. So for here in New Hampshire, you can have livestock in New Hampshire, but certain towns or cities limit what you can do. So where we are in the city, we can't have chickens on our property. We own the land, but we're not allowed to have chickens because of how much space we have. They consider it not enough space. They won't even let you have an indoor chicken as a pet, which is stupid, but they restrict you. So make sure wherever you go, you're aware of the local laws. And another thing too, is if you plan on selling from your homestead, so if you're growing food and you want to sell that, if you want to sell meat, eggs, anything, you have to make sure you're following the laws because some places 
have laws that either you can't do it or you have to have some kind of license. So in New Hampshire, if you're doing it and you're making less than $20,000, you don't need a license. But that's also if you're selling off your own land, you have a farm stand, something like that. But if you're selling to a brick and mortar store, you need a license and then you have to follow all these health codes. But if you're just, here's my property, come by and buy eggs from me and you're making less than 20 grand a year, you're good. But it's really important to know your local laws. Unless you're on the middle of nowhere where nobody's going to do anything, then I guess it's up to you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, keep all that in mind. But yeah, water, that's a big one. Yeah, water is really big. Yeah. Make yeah. sure. The make elixir sure you, of life. Make sure you got a fresh water source nearby. Yeah. Or somewhere to get Especially if you're going to have livestock. Yeah. They need water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I started doing over the past few years in terms of growing food was I started on my back deck. And I got those planters, they're like fabric, and I got put soil in them. Like grow bags. Yeah, grow called. bags. Thank you. And I got some like vertical planters, and I started growing vegetables and herbs on my back deck. And it was okay. But once I found, once we finally got property where we could make raised garden beds and then have real a real garden, and we started doing that, we had a very successful garden. I mean, we, our zucchini, cucumbers, tomatoes, all the food coming up was fabulous. It was big food. It was organic. It was delicious. I mean, our peas, you just like take the pot off and you open it up and you eat the peas and they were so sweet and delicious. But it takes time. So if you're not used to gardening, I have done so much reading, <laughs> trying to learn, ask people, finding out, you know, knowing about the land because different climates, you need different things to grow. So up here in New Hampshire, we're pretty lucky. Uh, we haven't had any issues. But then this year we got an indoor hydroponic garden. Thing is awesome. Game changer, because one of the things I don't think people realize is how much space you need to grow food. No, pe people don't realize it. You didn't realize it at first either. And I, you thought, oh, I'll just grow stuff on the back deck. What are you going to grow? Enough for what? One meal? Because you need a lot of space for food. That was, was just it practice. Like, Can I grow something without killing it? What was it like? I think it's like the 10 acres or something. or I forget what it is. It, it, there, you need a huge amount of land. For example, if you're going to grow enough food to feed a family of five for a mm -hmm. year. that's it's, it's insane the amount of land you need. So, yeah, keep keep that in mind. <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're one of those people that's looking to just leave it all and go and, and start and live off the land. You need a lot of land and you got to know what you're doing in order to grow a lot of food. So one of the things that I did when I started growing was I thought, okay, I'm going to plant from seed because I know like the seed is organic. It's non GMO and I'm growing this plant myself. I know what's going into it. I'm putting the care into it. So I thought, okay, I'll do a couple things of each and keeping in mind, not every seed grows. 
not every plant survives. And I started doing an indoor garden to grow the seeds to get them to sprout. And once they got a few weeks old and I felt that they were ready to go out, I started what's called hardening them, where I started, I took my little indoor garden, my little indoor greenhouse, and I brought it outside. And I would bring them in and out so they get used to the weather until they were finally ready to be outdoors. But realizing that with what I grew, how little return I got from it, herbs, I was able to make use of them because I used them in my incense. And that was pretty okay. But for the vegetables, I really didn't get much. It was great to do it and try it and see what I could do, but we just didn't have enough space here to grow enough food to feed us. And then when we started doing the garden on the other property, it was bigger. But again, I mean, you have like four strawberry patches that's enough for one person, maybe, and not even to have some every day. I think I planted one, two, three, three or four things of peas. That's enough maybe to get enough for a little to add in a meal or something, but it's not enough for a family. Cucumbers we got plenty of. I think I did like four cucumber patches and got plenty of those, but... It's just such an eye-opener when you think, oh, this seems like it'll be a lot. And once you're actually collecting it to realize this isn't enough. And another thing that I learned was you have to space out when you grow things because certain things that you grow, you're like lettuce and a lot of greens. You can't really save that. There's a lot of stuff you can grow that you can can or freeze, but some stuff you just can't. And lettuce is one of those. So when you're growing lettuce, you can't just grow it all at once because it'll start to go bad. You have to pick it and use it. So you have to space out the time when you're growing it. So these were the things that I learned with gardening and growing my own food that if you know nothing about it, it's really helpful to know because it was an eye opener for me. For sure. Yeah. The gardening stuff, I, I know very, very little. I know only some things that you've shown me, but that, but very, very little. So yeah, for sure. Definitely. You never want to jump into something like that, not knowing what you're doing or, or not at least getting some information. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's like anything else. So I think it's one of those things where you just got to, you do just it. have to do it and you're going to make mistakes and it's, you, you just, you got to learn from those mistakes and not yeah. make them again. But. I feel like if you have the luxury of time to take time and do it over time to practice, that is helpful because from where I was a few years ago to where I am now and everything that I've learned and all the work that I've put in, I really feel like every year I'm more and more successful with my gardening, with my growing food. And that's something overall with a homestead where I said, I've learned, get an idea of what you want to do and you don't have to do it all right away. So for us, our goal is to be self-sufficient with food, not needing to be on the grid, 
But that's not something we're just going to walk in and do. This is something where we're trying to plan over so many years to get ourselves ready. First thing, get our house built, grow our food, like work in the garden. And then I want to get a greenhouse. Then I want to get some chickens or turkeys and we need to coop. And it's just going to be one thing at a time yeah, it's to not overwhelm ourselves. Yeah, Taking one, one project at a time. Mm-hmm. One project at a time. Begin the project, complete that project yeah. before beginning another project. And make sure it's working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's something else that I have learned. Um, a lot of people will hunt. We're not really hunters. It's something that I do want to do. Something I've I've always wanted to to go hunting and mm-hmm. learn how to how to do all that kind of stuff because just for the sheer uh just because of the goal of what we wanted to do. I've mm-hmm. I've I've always wanted to learn how to do that. So that's something that I see in the future happening. But it's not something again going to just jump right into. It's again taking time and getting learning about these kind of things. I, like I, I was actually talking to our neighbor a couple of weeks back who said, you can just take an online hunting course. Okay. Everything's online now. Right. But I don't want to take an online hunting course. I'd rather go out with somebody and I'd, you know, learn by doing I'm, I'm one of those learn by doing Me type. Too. So I, yeah, but that's something for sure. And it's one of those things that it's, you know, learning how to not only just hunt, but to clean the animal, get it prepped and ready so that you can use all parts of the animal, nose yeah, to tail. You got to learn how to field dress. Yeah. Like I, the, I don't know any of that stuff at all. And to be quite honest, I'm very, I, I've mentioned it before. I don't like gore in movies and things like that. So it's kind of one of those things where I don't know how I'm going to react when eventually comes time to learn how to do that stuff, if I'll have the stomach for it, I'm sure I'll be fine, but I'm just, there is that uncertainty because I've never done it before. And because I I don't know how I'll do with it, but. And, and we've had this conversation about with the poultry, the chickens, I'm probably going to be the one killing them and cleaning them and doing all that work. And of course, in my mind, my thought is give them the best life possible. Try to do it so they don't feel anything. It's really quick and painless. And then for me, because I've actually um, had friends who go hunting and they, they bring it to me and I clean the bird out and like with pheasant, I look at it like I give my gratitude that this this creature lost its life, its sacrifice so I may eat and my family may eat. And I just put so much love and gratitude while working on that on that bird, plucking out the feathers, you know, doing everything. And that really helps me have to do it because part of me is so sad that, you know, I took an animal's life so I could eat. But I really try to turn it around in my mind that it was a sacrifice so I could eat and I'm very thankful and I want to put everything to use. You can take the bones and make bone meal out of it for your garden. There's a lot that you can do with, if you're going to hunt or even have livestock with the entire animal, you can do stuff with it, try to make the most of it and waste as little as possible. And that's my mindset to justify it. 
Yeah. Well, survival is the justification. Mm-hmm. You, you have to, like you said, you have to eat, you have to feed your family. Some people don't agree with it, and that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. It's absolutely okay. Mm-hmm. But that is something that we're looking at eventually going down that road. So, and, and with hunters and livestock, another thing to think about is predators. I mean, where we're moving to, we have bobcats. Bears. We have bears. Lots of deer. <laughs> but Coyotes. Like, yeah. Animals that can get into your garden if you have an open garden. And then animals that can get into your livestock. So that's something to be mindful of and how to protect your garden and how to protect your livestock. One of the things that I've learned in terms of pests with gardens is that certain plants that you plant around your garden will help deter pests from getting into it because they don't like the smell. So one garden bed around it, I have spearmint doesn't really get touched i mean for the most part what does that what what keeps uh that keeps what particular animals um certain bugs and then certain uh animals don't like it i can't remember off the top of my head i was trying to get we have wild spearmint that grows so i just kind of cut some i pulled some up and i replanted it and it thrived yeah, like we have spearmint, fennel, mugwort, just wild growing, which is great. But I'm trying to make use of what we can use to try to keep pests away. It's incredible how how much stuff you can do just off the land naturally that you don't need mm-hmm. a man-made or a synthetic solution there's yeah. so many different things you can do if you know and that's that's just that's just it like starting this journey realizing just how little i know about my surroundings my the outside world because so much of modern life is either inside or on a screen especially these last two decades mm-hmm. looking at your phone watching TV, looking at your tablet or computer screen, whatever the case may be. So it's incredible just how detached humans have become from the outside world. Kind of scary too, because there's so much that you can do, excuse me, and just we're so just, I guess we're in We become limited. We're inept yeah. because we just have no education, no grasp of our of the outside world anymore. Mm-hmm. So many of us anyway. And sometimes you have to just go out there and learn on your own. Um, one of the things I'm trying to work on is learning about the trees in the area and the different plants in the area that I'm not familiar with. So just trying to learn as much as I can about what is there. And like I said before, oh, this is spearmint growing. I can use this in my garden. Oh, and, and what can I use? What can I take advantage of? It's just, it's a huge learning curve. And I think when you go in knowing that you know very little, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because you, as long as you're open to learning, that's what's important. There's a lot to learn. You're always learning. That's the great thing about life, though. 
you're, yeah. you always get to learn. You're always given opportunities to learn new things. And it's really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Another thing I was thinking about is food preparation, uh, food, um, like preservation. Preser- preservation. Thank you. Food preservation. When you're growing food, sometimes it comes in abundance, like tomatoes. You get a ton of tomatoes. How many people do we know? Here, have some tomatoes. Oh, boy. Because they just, they grow, which is awesome. But knowing how to preserve those tomatoes. So canning is very helpful. Learning how to can. You can make your own sauces with the tomatoes. You can do the work ahead of time. And then can it for later. But canning, I think, is one great way to preserve food. Freezing is another thing that we do as well to preserve food. And I think that's been really helpful. One thing I would love to get is a root cellar. Digging into the ground and just creating our own root cellar to help have a nice cool place to preserve our just something that's year-round cool yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's another goal yeah it's like we have a big laundry list of goals so many will they will they all ever be realized i don't know hopefully hopefully Hopefully. and if not maybe our kids yeah yeah but yeah so that that's uh that's the 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 homesteading thing yeah And, and yeah there's there's so much to think about um when I first heard homesteading, mm-hmm. I had no idea what it meant. Like, what does that mean? Homesteading. Okay. Well, you have a home. Okay. Well. I, I, like, it, it made no sense to me. I didn't, I, I just, and and somebody briefly, quickly explained it to me. Said, oh, yeah, you, just, you grow your own food. I was like, so you have a garden. That's called homesteading also? What, what is that? What? Well, Abraham Lincoln actually put forth the Homesteading Act. And what that was, was, and I'm not, I don't have all the details memorized, but basically he gave people an opportunity to own land. And it was a deal of, you get this land for pretty cheap, but you have to do something with it. You have to build a home on it. You have to make use of the land. You have to do something with it. And uh, it gave so many people the opportunity to own their own land, to be landowners, because as we've learned doing this show back years ago, that was status if you had land. It wasn't what car you drove or back then, you know, what kind of horse you had. (laughs) Did you own land? And it gave a lot of people the opportunity to own land. Now, knowing what I know now, I question what were the motives behind this? I don't know. But uh, I remember reading that if you were a Union soldier, because you have to stay on the property for so many years to be able to have it given to you to show you you've done the work. And if you served for the Union, they would shave, I think, like five years off of that. So if you had to have the land for 10 years... They would take five off. If you were a Confederate, you were shit out of luck. Shave time off of the, I don't get it. So to actually own the property for the Homesteading Act, you had to show you're doing, you built a home on the land. You're making use of the land. You're doing what you're supposed to do. 
Yeah. But you had to you had to stay on it for so many years because what would happen is people would get land they couldn't use and they'd abandon it. Uh, so they, they're saying. not going to okay. be able to own that land. So uh, after, okay. I think it might have been 10 years, you show we're living on this land, we're making use of it, we're li- like we live on it. Okay, here's your deed. So they wouldn't get the deed for the land until a certain amount of time? Yes. From what I remember reading. Oh, okay. Okay. Now that makes sense. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the way you explained it, I'm thinking, so you were forced to stay at your house? Like, what do you, what does that mean? Like, what are you talking about? No, okay, like now you I get, get it. it once you fulfill the agreement. Gotcha. So that, yeah, I thought that was interesting, but it, it gave a lot of people. So as people came out West, they took advantage of that. Of what? The Homesteading Act. Go, oh, okay. Yeah, and I think the last person to get to to use the Homestead Act was back in the late 70s, like 76, 77. And the person who did it after the 10 years passed, they ended it. Like they've done away with the Homesteading yes. Act? Yes, where okay. you could get land if you made use of it yeah well because now well yeah i mean look at what they're doing now they're paying farmers to destroy their crops because they're trying to starve everybody well because they don't want people having their own land because they don't want people growing their own food and being self-sufficient and i think that's why it's so important to us to not have to depend on others to eat and absolutely yeah Yeah, that's important Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's the big thing. Never, never having to be dependent on anybody, mm-hmm. never having to rely on a grocery store or supermarket. And that's why eventually I'd like to go off grid entirely because I don't want to have to rely on anybody for anything, including my power, yeah, electricity or anything like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, that's just, that's me. And uh, thankfully you share the same vision so you know me i love nature i love being in the dirt and doing things so so that's yeah yeah. so so that's what's been going on with us lately Mm -hmm. and those are our goals yeah our homesteading goals so right on yeah maybe, maybe we'll take video of us doing some of these things as when we when we uh do these things yes I think that's a good idea. To share. Yeah. You could see how just inept I am at some of this stuff and laugh at me as I fumble around with a hammer and nails. I was inept with gardening and I've done better and better because I just keep trying and I keep learning as much as I can. Well, that's what you have to do. Yeah. I think another really important thing that just popped in my head is if you do plan on homesteading, and that's a goal that you have, it's really important to know your neighbors because here where we are now, we know our neighbors and we help each other out all the time. But when you're on acres of land and the neighbors are fewer and further between, if you need help, you want to be able to have those people there to help you. And you want to be able to help them if they need help. I mean, if your neighbor has a tractor and they'll let you borrow it. That's awesome. You don't have to go pay to rent one. If and you just all take care of each other cuz that's another thing I'm really 
big on is just community. And if you have a lot of people with that same mindset and they're living off the land too, being there to help each other out, I think is really important. And obviously you can't help it if you move somewhere somewhere and you have an asshole for a neighbor. But I think it's important to keep in mind making the effort to talk to them, to try to put, put yourself out there and introduce yourself and try to make friends. Because we know that a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> people live in apartments. They don't know who's in the same building as them. They live in houses. The houses are right on top of each other. They don't know their neighbors. And that's the kind of life I don't want to have. That is the world we live in now, though. And I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And that's why I like to get to know my neighbors. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, kind of a shorter episode today. Yeah, that's okay. But we just we want to share what, where we're at and where our mind is and what we're doing, what yeah, we're up to, what the goals. future will bring, what the future holds. Yeah. So again, yeah, just uh, if if uh, a week goes by and, and all of a sudden on a Wednesday there's not a new episode, it's not because we forgot. It's because stuff just maybe got crazy. And we didn't get a chance, but it'll be out shortly after. Yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, because we are we are dedicated to keeping this thing going. Mm-hmm. We're, we're we're committed to do that. It's just, especially for these next few months, it, it's going to be a little wonky. So yeah, and we just we need to make sure we're getting done everything we need to because we got to be out of here by a certain date, and then we have to get everything set up and we have a lot of work ahead of us so lots and lots yeah one thing i do want to say though if you are a homesteader and you're hearing or watching this and you have any advice please share it like let us know let our hearers and watchers know because i shared with you guys what i've learned so far and that's just like a little bit and I'm totally open to learning from other people. And again, we're putting ourselves out here to try to learn as well and get other people to want to learn. So let's help each other out. If you if you have any awesome tips or tricks, share it. Any cool links that have information, share it. Because you can get a ton of information online, but the best information is from people who have already done it. Uh, 100% agree. And one of the things, another thing just to... I've been saying on this show, especially how when I unplug and remove and everything, and we're finally doing that. We're getting one step closer. Trying to, again, not just talk it, but trying to walk it too. Trying to lead by example. Mm -hmm. So anybody that's listening that doesn't think it's possible, it is. You can make anything happen. Mm -hmm. You just have to do it. That's it. And again, like I said, I'm inept at a lot of this stuff. I don't know a lot of this stuff, but I'm willing to learn and I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be difficult. I know it's going to suck a lot of, no, a lot it's of times, be fun. but well, it's going to suck because it's something you're not used to. It's It'll like anything else. For me watching it's you. like anything else. <laughs> growing, growing hurts, yeah, growing pain. but, but it ultimately you come out uh, the, the other end of it, a better person, a better human and better for having had the experience. So, yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to more than anything. And again, eventually just being completely self-sufficient and doing what I've been talking about doing for so many years and for so long. And now just finally the wheels are in motion and it's starting to get going. So, all right. Well, until next time, I am the Golden Greek, Alex Arion, joined as always. 
by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, intelligent wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website, homewreckerpodcast.com, where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult and follow me on Twitter at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TheAlexArion, and you can check out my website, AlexArionFitness.com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you.